Paramedians, 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 welcome from Warunga Sovereign Grace, the Warunga Rights, the Paramedians. It is so great to be with you. My name is Patrick, and it is a real privilege to be with you this morning. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn to Psalm 93 as we look at God's Word together this morning. I'm going to read this passage, and then I'm going to pray, and then we're going to have a look just slowly through Psalm 93 and trust that the Lord meets us in this. Psalm 93. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He is put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. Would you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word, which speaks to us. And Father, I pray this morning that you would encourage the saints. And for those who don't know you, I ask that you would meet them in an unreal way. Yes. Father, my prayer is, my private prayer, is that these dear saints, who we love terribly, would grow in affection, in confidence, and assurance of just how great you are. For truly, the Lord reigns. So, Lord, bless this time we have together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Last time I... Well, actually, it was um, in the Songs home office. Um, I was able to speak to you from Psalm 62. And what we looked at is my only hope. And we ask the question from Psalm 62, who do you trust and in Psalm 62, we found that our only hope is in God alone. Do you know that was in the midst of um, COVID, the pandemic, when we were in uh, lockdown, basically? There was a lot, there was fires going on, there was floods going on in New South Wales. In through this time, there's been the terrible news that Prince Harry and Meghan quit the royals. The World Health Organization has announced that this deadly coronavirus had emerged from Wuhan, spreading across the globe, and it has um, infected millions and even taken the lives of several thousands. Uh, no doubt you have seen the open graveyard seen on TV and social media in India. Uh, on the 7th of July, uh, yeah, uh, 2021, World Vision actually put on their web page that there are 8 million children being forced to beg and be in child labor. There was 110 million, they believe, from their research that are going hungry. Stock markets have crashed. There have been Black Lives Matter protests. There has been the terrible Beirut explosion killing 190 people. 
We have seen recently fires, murders, lockdowns, sinkholes, toilet paper wars, and then there have been our own personal tragedies, the own events in our own lives. And Psalm 93 says, the Lord reigns. Mid-2021, here is what I believe the Lord Almighty wants us to look at. Let's look at who reigns. Let's slow down and work our way through Psalm 91, 93. Excuse me. And friends, as we walk away, if you walk away with anything this morning, would it be that you walk away hearing loudly and seeing clearly it is the Lord who reigns? The Lord reigns. I want to say it again for you this morning. It is the Lord who reigns. Yahweh, the Lord, the first, the last, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. It is he who reigns. He doesn't only just reign, but he reigns with justice. He reigns with sovereignty. He reigns lovingly. And he reigns carefully, even when it may seem that he isn't sovereign, loving, careful, or just. Now, as we stare and consider these divinely inspired words in Psalm 93, we see some really great news. It is that the Lord reigns and that he is dressed majestically, that he is mighty, he is accessible, he is dwelling among us, and he reigns. And you should know, Psalm 93 is written specifically for the weary pilgrim. Are you here this morning weary? Are you tempted to despair in the midst of a storm? Because if you do, I've got great news for you. And that is that the Lord reigns. His sovereign rulership ought not be forgive, forgotten in the midst of storms. And the psalmist wants us to steady and strengthen our souls. And my prayer is that this will, that this will indeed be the effect for us present here this morning. So I've got two points for you. First point is Psalm 93 explained. Point two is Psalm 93 applied. You see, the theme of this Psalm 93 is that the Lord reigns. Look with me again at verse 93, uh, sorry, verse 1 in chapter 93. The Lord reigns. It says he is robed in majesty. The psalmist is answering the question of who reigns over all. Who is ruling and reigning right now? And it is God the Lord. Five references in five verses. It is the Lord who reigns over all. They speak of Yahweh. They speak to Yahweh. And 1a, the Lord is. God, they use the Lord God's personal name. Anytime you see capital L-O-R-D in your Bible, that is Yahweh. That is a very special name for God. God revealed himself to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. And I want to read those to you now. You see, then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, 
The God of our fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, what is his name? Who shall I, what shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. This is an echo of the Exodus, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. That God is reigning. And just as he reigned through the Exodus, he reigned with grace and compassion and saving power and faithfulness. And this is the God who reigns over all. Look at how the psalmist then draws attention to how the Lord is dressed. There in verse 1, he says, the psalmist says, he is robed in majesty. Why is the psalmist pointing out about the way God is dressed? What is so significant about this divine wardrobe? Well, here's why it's important. It's important because what a king wears is a statement. That statement, the psalmist, uh, that time, the statement is revealing that this God that is ruling and reigning is reigning in majesty, dressed in majesty. Majesty here is equaling greatness. Uh, world summits going on in the UK at the moment, and everybody's seeing pictures of Queen Elizabeth, and they're calling her Her Majesty. And basically, what they're saying is Queen Elizabeth, the greatness of Queen Elizabeth, Her Majesty. And J.I. Packer's book, Knowing God, if you don't have that book, I would encourage you to invest some money and buy J.I. Packer's book, Knowing God, and read chapter 8. He's there, got a great quote in it. It's worth the purchase of the book, but here's what he writes. Our word majesty comes from the Latin. It means greatness. The word majesty, when applied to God, is always a declaration of his greatness and an invitation to worship. The Christian's instincts of trust and worship are stimulated very powerfully by knowledge of the greatness of God. But this knowledge which Christians today largely lack, we are modern people. The modern people, though they cherish great thoughts of themselves, have a real Small have, 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 as a rule, excuse me, small thoughts of God. Well, I want to assure you there are no small thoughts of Yahweh in Psalm 93. The Lord alone is robed in majesty. He alone is truly great. And in verse 1b, we actually see not only is he reigning and he's robed in majesty, but he has put on strength as his belt. Again, we see a picture of this God who reigns in this military type of uh, wording or picture. He's armed for war. He is a bulwark, never fading. Do you remember that song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God? It's a solid wall that cannot be broken over. It is a defense. He is a mighty warrior, a majestic warrior. He's a king, and he's ready to fight on our behalf. If I could encourage you um, to uh, get verses that you're thinking on and meditating on, here's a great one for you. Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. This is what God gave to Moses just before they were supposed to part the Red Sea and walk through the Red Sea. And the Egyptians are right on their tail. 
And what he says is, tell them that the Lord will fight for you and all you have to do is be silent. This is the Lord who reigns. Now, what about the extent of his rule? Look with me at 1C. It says, yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. I want to say something to you. You might want to write this down and think about this. But this is a beautiful meditation of who it is that we worship. Here's here's what I want to say to you. The stability of the world is guaranteed by the stability of the throne that is established. Think about that. The stability of the world is guaranteed by the stability of the throne that is established. Before creation, he was. Everything has been created and designed by him. Who was it that spoke the stars into space? Who is the one that spoke everything out? And so it was. You see here, the psalmist is noting that the world is established and it will never be moved. It was established from old And the one who occupies the throne is the one who is from everlasting. Verse 2, your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. What does this then do for the reader or the hearer of these words? It helps us see that there are no small thoughts of God. And then the psalmist establishes this. The Lord reigns, and here is why. The psalmist then, after those two verses, moves on to verse 3, and he introduces a picture of threat. Read with me verse 3. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Floods have lifted up, O Lord. You see, in um, the Bible, there's oftentimes biblical imagery. And water and floods actually are this picture of a threat. Picture of forces of chaos and of a fallen world. And then in verse 3, you get this relentless repetition. So it kind of is establishing that this isn't just a little trickle of rain. This is not a passing shower These are waters that are lifted up, a serious storm with rising waters. When you think about what the original hearers or readers would have been possibly picturing, I mean, it's Israel. They would have had enemies. Their boundaries could have been invaded. They had rising waters. If you ever think or watch any sort of modern interpretation of what it was like for people in those times, Israel was not a stable people. They always had threats against them. Their future could obviously make them nervous. But what about for you, modern day readers? How is this not applicable for you There are hostile seas that are similar to for all of us. And I wonder, are you experiencing threatening storms or rising waters? And would you be able to identify particularly with this metaphor? 
Perhaps you are seeing the waters rise around you and about to take you under. Notice how the psalmist then shifts our gaze to a heavenly perspective and a reality. Look with me at verse 4. Mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Oh, would we see and hear the superiority of the majestic Lord. It is so easy to move on from here, perhaps, and say, I know, I know the Lord reigns. I know, I know. But you may say, it doesn't feel like it. You may even say, it doesn't look that way in my life. Oh, my friend, I am so glad that you are here this morning to hear this. The Lord on high is mighty. The Lord reigns. You won't go under. If your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, if you are his child, you won't go under. You see, notice the three praises of verse 4, declaring the victorious and superiority of God. He says, mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty and the Lord reigns. And then in verse 5, the psalmist ends on a really sweet, personal, comforting reminder. Read with me verse 5. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. Verse 5. He is near to his people. He is accessible to his people. Now, you may not have picked that up in that um, um, in verse 5, but he talks about your decrees. Do you understand what decrees are? It's his word. Decrees equals God's words. His words are very trustworthy. And where does he dwell? He dwells with us, he says, in your house. Holiness befits your house, O Lord. This is a picture of where he dwells with us, in his house. He dwells with his people. He speaks to his people through his words. So then you might be saying, well, how is he then accessible? He's accessible because he has chosen to graciously dwell with his people. And the psalmist draws attention to this when he references your house. The majestic and mighty God takes up residence with his people. And where he is near to his people, in his house. And then he talks about his rule and reign. It is accessible to his people through his word. The psalmist testifies, your decrees are very trustworthy. And so the Lord who reigns on high overall dwells with his people and speaks to his people through his word, strengthening them and sustaining them in whatever floods his people are called to face and endure. And by the grace of God, the people of God reflect the holiness of God even in the midst of suffering and trial because holiness befits his house. And by the grace of God, the people of God reflect him. This is Psalm 93 explained. So then what are the implications of Psalm 93 in the midst of our storm? Psalm 93 applied, point two. I want to ask you, as you hear this, do you sense the psalmist kind of pressing buttons and getting your attention here? 
He really is trying to get our attention. And so when you look around at your own life and when you consider how this passage affects you, what do you see? When you think of 2021 based on what you see happening in New South Wales, Australia, or when you consider what's going on around the globe or here in church or in your home, are you seeing waters rising that could possibly overwhelm? There are quite a few things going on when you think about it. Vaccinations, do I, don't I? Masks, are we supposed to wear them, are we not? There's restrictions. Then we've got political power struggles. We have injustices, financial pressures, family members who aren't walking with the Lord. We have a cancel culture going on, employment cutbacks, friendship breakdowns, infertility, addictions, unfaithfulness. Will I ever get married? Will I ever have enough money? Will I ever get better physically? Are these some of the storms that you are facing? Are there voices roaring loudly? You see, the psalmist wrote this for when we are standing in the midst of rising waters. He wrote this so that we and might lift our gaze, excuse me, to the Lord who reigns. You know, if you could take verses 3 and 4 and put them side by side, you would see something quite incredible. When you look at verse 3 and the first little bit, the floods have lifted up, O Lord. And then you take verse 4 and that first section of mightier than the thunders of the many waters. And then in verse 3, the floods have lifted up their voice. And then in verse 4, mightier than the waves of the sea. And then you take that last bit of verse 3, the floods lifting up their roaring. And that the Lord on high is mighty from verse 4. You get this incredible picture. Because in the midst of storm, friends, what do you hear? Do you just hear the storms or the raging water? Or do you hear that the Lord is mightier than the thunders of many waters? When you're walking through trials and tribulation, do you see that the floods are lifting up? Or do you hear mightier than the waves of the sea? What is it that you hear when you're walking through storms and trials? I'm not a musician, but I reckon this could be a really good song. But I don't want you to hear me saying that we won't hurt when we're walking through storms. And I'm not saying that we won't hurt from collateral damages, um, that it won't cost us anything when we walk through storms. I'm not saying that we sh- we're not going to experience pain or, or difficulties or sleeplessness or, or broken hearts. But I want you to hear this. And this is a little bit kind of one of those biblical truths that are uncomfortable, but it's still true. And this is what it is. Our circumstances don't alter the sweet reality that the Lord is mighty. Can I say that again? Our circumstances don't alter the sweet reality that the Lord is mighty. Our circumstances don't alter the truth that the Lord reigns. This is the theological centerpiece of Psalm 93, and that is the Lord reigns. Now, if you find this truth difficult to swallow, you must know you're not alone. J.I. Packer once again made a brilliant statement, and I don't know if you agree with tattoos or not, but this might be a consideration for a tattoo. And that is this, these words, his hand may be hidden 
but his rule is absolute. His hand may be hidden, but his rule is absolute. Oh, friend, this psalm keeps us directing our gaze heavenward. It steadies our soul in the midst of storm. And you may be sitting here this morning thinking, yeah, 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 but you've got no idea what I'm going through. You don't understand my circumstance. You don't understand my situation. And friend, you'd be right. I don't. I don't understand exactly what you're going through. But if you're human, I bet you've got a list of what's going on, about what you're thinking what would be on your list this morning? What difficulties are you particularly facing? What difficulties are perhaps you even fearing? All of us have those specific items that would appear. I would have things on my list. But can I assure you of something this morning? God's sovereign reign has not weakened. The psalm reminds us that the Lord reigns. So let your soul be settled among, amongst the, amidst the uh, rising waters because he has not forgotten you. He hasn't left you alone to figure this out or to walk this by yourself. You see, here's the reality. God is not surprised by pandemics or fires or floods or financial, marital, parenting, relational hardships. When I was a young man, um, I once heard a preacher say, and I like visual word pictures, but, uh, word pictures, but what he said was, um, God is not pacing his throne room going, oh no, what's going to happen next? I don't know. He's not like that. He's ruling and he's reigning. Friend, no circumstance can alter the reality that the Lord reigns over your lists. When singing this psalm, would you have your heart steadied and even, dare I say, excited? You, he will carry you through. His purpose is sometimes hidden, but his rule is absolute. And his rule is always accessible. For the Christian... They experience God's nearness in the form of the Holy Spirit who dwells within them. If your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you have the Spirit of the living God living inside of you. Wow. Dig into that. Talk to Riley. How do I learn what that means? What will that mean for my life? What should that look like when I'm walking through trials? The Lord uniquely draws near to his children. And he dwells with the church gathered when we are together. He is here and present. This is his house on earth when we are together. And whenever the gospel, a gospel-centered church gathers to glorify God together, the Lord is always, always present. Here's another great truth. The Lord isn't silent. He's not silent. Sometimes we can be like, I'm just, he's silent. I don't know. But he's not silent. He speaks through his word to his creation. And his scriptures, his words, his decrees are sufficient for every season and every circumstance. Do you believe that? In a parenting issue, his word is sufficient. It is in, for every season and for every circumstance. Walking through singleness, he is with you. Walking through sickness and illness, he is with you and he will speak to you through his word. 
So the Christian should not only be secure by the sovereign rule of God, but secured by the trustworthy decrees of God. His promises are true and good. I don't know about you, but I am very tempted to spend more time than I ought viewing what's happening to me and around me rather than meditating on these trustworthy decrees. Would that be for you as well? You read a circumstance or a situation and you think, oh no, oh no, and forget. He's ruling and he's reigning and he will give me what I need to walk through this. He is present Let me ask you, what trustworthy decree do you need to hear today? What trustworthy promise do you need today? Can I take you to one? Isaiah 43, 2 to 3. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. How good is God to speak to us? He reigns with majesty and power, and yet he personally and particularly knows just what you need. It was this morning, um, I got a message from a dear brother who knew exactly what I needed to hear. And he texted me a verse about a, a promise of God. And here's what it was. These are just verses that we can hold on to. We're talking about God personally, particularly knowing just what we need. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that by having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. These are promises for us. What do you need to hear this morning? What about a trustworthy command? Do you need to remember a trustworthy command? Isaiah 41.10 says, fear not, for I am with you. This is one of the most common commands. Fear not. Are you fearing? Here's what God says to you. Fear not. I'm with you. Easier said than done, I can hear you say. It's true. You see, we're, we are going to be fearful. We're going to recognize fear. But we don't give way to fear. Why? Because he's with us. Test drive these promises and commands for yourself. They are worthy of your full trust. And I bet there will be wonderful testimony. The mic goes open for opportunities for praise and thanksgiving. And you're going to be flooding that mic. Because you'll find his promises are trustworthy. You know, friends, we read this psalm with an advantage, an added advantage than this psalmist. And oh, that you and I would read Psalm 93 with new covenant eyes. Because we are so blessed that we live on this side of the cross. For us, the invisible, majestic, and mighty God has been made visible to us in the incarnation of Jesus Christ, has he not? And the psalmist only knew of a prophecy of one to come. But we see with fresh eyes. In Mark chapter 4, there is this incredible picture of the disciples and Jesus out on the boat in the Sea of Galilee. Uh, I've had the privilege of going out on a boat on the Sea of Galilee. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful experience. But I want you to picture Jesus on this boat, 
surrounded by the Sea of Galilee are these mountains and um, like hills and stuff like that. But as you're out on the boat, storms come in. And man, when a storm comes in, it's, 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 it's severe. Here they are. Jesus is asleep. Winds start picking up. Water gets a bit bumpy. <laughs> gets bumpier, <laughs> lightning, thunder, who knows, I wasn't there, but you know, <laughs> something was going on, and the disciples get freaked out, and it's water's getting into the boat, and they go, and they wake up Jesus, Jesus, the, the boat, it, it, the water, the storm, and Jesus stands up, and he speaks, do you remember the story? He says, peace, and then the disciples, some reason are remembering the Old Testament, wait a minute, only God controls the winds and the wave. Who is this? Who is this man? Behold the Son of God who calms the storm. Do you sit here this morning and think, but my storm's too hard. He couldn't control that. Can I ask you to pray this prayer? Lord, I'm looking at the storm. I'm looking at the boat that I'm in. And you seem insufficient. So help me to believe all that you say that you are. Help me. Help my unbelief. Because I want to. I want to believe you say you are who you really are. Lord, in my children and in my parenting and in my workplace and in thinking about my parents and my brothers and sisters who don't know you. And Lord, it seems hard, but I believe that you're ruling and you're reigning. And if you can calm that storm on the Sea of Galilee, you can calm the storm that's going on in my life. Friends, the Lord the God of Psalm 93 is mightier than the waves of the sea. And do you know what else? He is sovereign over the storm. He cares for his disciples in the midst of the storms. And just like he cared for the disciples in the midst of the storms, he cares for us. And when you think, how do you know? Well, he's given us his son. He's given us his son, Jesus Christ. And his son is going to go through a storm, the most unimaginable storm. He is going to face the holy and righteous wrath of God for our sin. He's going to die in our place as a substitute for our sin. He is going to die on a cross, naked and alone. We should be. And yet he does on our behalf. The most fearful storm wasn't stilled with a word. It was stilled ultimately by his death. We have such a greater reason than the psalmist to trust that the Lord reigns. Friends, it was mid-2014 and I walked into a hospital of a dear saint who was having a knee replacement. This, She was an elderly saint and... She learned while she was in the hospital that her son was just diagnosed with stomach cancer and that he only had three months to live. He was married and he had two young children. He was a confessed atheist. He wanted nothing to do with God. He was angry at his mom that she believed in God. This woman, a saint and a follower of Jesus, was in the middle 
of a very big storm, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically. She cried out to the Lord to save her son. And she questioned God at times, why? Why won't you save him? And she confessed her anger and her disappointment in God. Was God not big enough that he could not save him? Twelve weeks later, uh, my wife and I walked up to the cemetery. And we, we walked up to the cemetery. She fell into my arms crying and saying, Who am I to question God? Because he reigns. And one day, when I'm in his presence, I'll understand. But for now, how can I say he's not good? How can I say that he's not ruling and reigning? Who am I to question the Almighty? Dear friend, what if rougher water is ahead for you? Regardless of the storm, the Lord reigns. His good purposes for each and every one of your lives cannot be frustrated. So may you say, along with the psalmist, come what may, because the Lord reigns. And the one who reigns dwells with his people. And not, does he, not only does he dwell with his people, but he speaks to his people. He dwells and he speaks to his sons and daughters in the flood, through the flood, out of the flood, until one day you are safely home. And he says, welcome home. As 2021 continues, Paramedians, would it be your song, The Lord Reigns? He truly reigns. Can I pray? Heavenly Father, you reign. You reign with grace and truth. You reign with power and might. You reign particularly and carefully for us. You have not abandoned us. And Lord, where we are tempted to doubt you, when we are tempted to doubt your word, would we humble ourselves and cry out, Oh Lord, help my unbelief. But Lord, our song is, our confidence is, you reign. You reign over all. And so would we as a church with these dear saints live in Parameda with a confidence. Their Lord, our Lord reigns. We ask all this in your name. Amen.